Kobe, creator and host of Always Shine Brightly. I named this podcast Always Shine Brightly because I believe that is what we are each here to do. And in times where we feel we're not shining bright, I feel it's still our purpose to work through and shift whatever is dimming our light. In this podcast, I'm speaking with guests who I see as bright lights in the world despite any struggles they may have gone through. The more of us who do this, the better the world becomes. Join us on this shared mission to make the world a brighter place. Welcome to Always Shine Brightly. I'm your host, Shanna Covey, and today I have a very special guest, my sister-in-law, Emily Covey. Super excited to have you here. Thank you. I I know she has a lot of great wisdom to share with us, especially regarding her her journey to motherhood. We'll get into that in a little bit, but um, we have totally have our situation set up. We each have our glass of Prosecco with a fun... uh, champagne yeah. <laughs> a fun Prosecco. strawberry here cheers. let's do a little cheers to this podcast <laughs> yes. let me take a sip mm-hmm. mm. delicious as always yes oh we love prosecco and speaking of prosecco you have a blog coming out soon that's mm-hmm. called prosecco and peace oh that's so fun Thanks. and um i'll release this podcast in conjunction with when you go live with your blog so that people can get connected to it and see what you have going on there because i know you're going to share a lot of great wisdom in multiple areas again with motherhood and um well we'll get into that here in a little bit <laughs> that sounds first. good no i appreciate it <laughs> but i have known emily for a good for a long time because her and my brother my brother kurt have been married for 10 and a half years mm. can you believe that already 10 and it's a half years crazy really i know is. y'all y'all just have a fantastic relationship Aww. i've been like a witness to it this whole time and just really uh, super excited for the two of you and how you continue to grow together, continue to have so much love and respect for one another. Mm -hmm. Um, I really think that, I know recently you were on Instagram asking if anyone had any marriage questions questions for you. I don't know if anyone came through, but I definitely think people should take you up on that offer. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. That, It's really kind of you to say. Yeah, of course. And, And we've gotten quite close over the last three and a half years because we technically like live kind of you could say under the same roof definitely on the same <laughs> uh-huh. property mm-hmm. we jokingly refer to the to the property as um the kobe compound yes right? <laughs> it's fun yeah and it's on it's on 20 acres and it's a. Uh, um, I, I'm in the house I grew up in with my mom and her and you and Kurt live in, the, uh, in an apartment on the property mm-hmm. that's connected to the house. Yes, yes. Well, when we sold our house in New Braunfels, um, we, it, it was just the perfect opportunity to kind of build this apartment at the end of the house. You know, your mom was okay with it. It was a good situation for us as far as kind of like a slingshot to the next opportunity, the next part of our journey, which now is in the middle of building a house. Yes, so. y'all have that coming up. We're only going to have y'all, what, for less, like, what, February? Uh-huh. Or I guess from now, mm-hmm. that's... Yes, it was October, but they got pushed to February for weather and all sorts of other reasons, but that's no big deal to us. We are not in a rush, so it's all good. Yes, and when you first moved in, you, uh, you were beginning your journey of motherhood, but I wanted to kind of take it back, uh, back to 2010, which was about a year and a half after you and Kurt had been married. Mm-hmm. I was actually at that time was in Guatemala and that is when you shared with me that y'all were planning to have a family. 
and I know you're so excited about it and it just like of course you had no idea what the journey what journey lie ahead so in that mm -hmm. initial just sharing that great news that you were ready to start a family I think you know your nature is to share we both are sharers yes. and your nature is to share a lot with a lot sharer. of people but tell me what happened with that with the sharing and then kind of like how that question kind mm -hmm. of became a sticking point with some time well you know it's funny because I, I look back and technically uh, October of 2009 is when uh, <clears throat> I had a miscarriage we weren't officially trying but I happened to be at my mom's house and one thing led to another. I was like, what's going on? Uh, didn't really realize what was happening until I asked my own mom and she had experienced several miscarriages herself. So, And she's a nurse. As yes. Well. And my mom is a nurse. So she's just, she's on it when it comes to these things. Um, but shortly after that, we had decided, you know what? Okay, we'll go ahead and and start trying. So being the open book that I typically am, <laughs> it's just my nature, you know this, from being in my life forever, it seems. Um, we just were excited, and so we wanted to, to tell a bunch of people, you know, our family and friends, and especially having a miscarriage, thinking it would be no problem to get pregnant. Um, but then month after month, year after year, <laughs> it just became quite draining. It was difficult. It was very emotionally exhausting physically exhausting and financially exhausting uh, to go to multiple doctor's appointments and basically have doctors tell you, you know, there's technically not anything wrong with you in the sense of, I'm not saying you can't get pregnant, you're infertile, it's just... You haven't. Uh -huh. I just, right. I haven't. I mean, they had given an explanation and I can go into that um, a little bit later, but overall, it, it, yeah, it wasn't like they were like, oh, sorry, you know. You either got to go straight to IVF or just it's not in the cards and, for you. Um, what I'm really curious about is kind of like with with any person's challenge that they're going through in their life, I always like to see it as a soul journey. And mm -hmm. I always try to see like what is this experience teaching the person, the soul, teaching you about your soul? How do you come back into um, a deeper understanding of a peace really mm -hmm. and I know that any type of challenge is like the opposite of peace usually you're right. in some sort of it's, there's a disturbance in in your emotional system as to what's going on and right. I remember that time and I remember that one of the more difficult things was having people ask you about like are you pregnant yet are you pregnant mm -hmm. yet and this is maybe before you even started to go into the journey of the doctors and all of that right. I think people were just so excited to you know, to find, you know, you had shared with them that that's where, right. what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And so from an emotional perspective, can you share with us a bit about like, what was that like? Or kind of like what was coming up for you and, and how did you kind of like ultimately come to handle that question? Knowing like mm -hmm. people are innocent and they're asking, Absolutely. but with time, like it's, it's a wound inside of yourself because you have something that you want mm -hmm. and it's not occurring and you don't know a solution and you're doing what you know to do, but right. you're not getting this desired result. Exactly, exactly. Uh, well, I mean, for starters, I was still in my early 20s, so there still is a lot of um, growth on a maturity level, but I'm, you know, that obviously comes with time and as you age, of course. Uh, but yes, I mean, it's totally innocent when people ask you uh, because they're curious, just like I'm a curious person, you know this about me. Uh, they're curious, they are excited for you, and so they, they want to hopefully hear an answer of, yes, I am. Um, but of course, after time goes on and 
you know, you keep telling them no. Some some of the people just kind of stop asking. Some still do if they're close enough to you and feel like they have that type of rapport. Um, but it it was hard because we were just taking test after test and it was constantly negative. You know, I'd have it in my head where it's like, um, it's going to say negative, and but I'd still have that inkling of hope, right? And then as soon as the You're test was... You're probably trying to protect yourself yes, at a certain point after Absolutely, it. absolutely. Because as soon as the test is negative, I'd be like, see, yeah, I knew it was going to be negative. So right. that's how I dealt with it in that moment. And then, of course, when people were asking me, it was just a magnifying glass. And that continued, you know, over time. I mean, it's when I would have triggers of just getting sad if if a friend was pregnant or just seeing people in general um, have these families that we had so long to to have of our own. Uh, it's just, it's not that I was necessarily upset with them. It just shines a light on yourself. Right. It's just purely what it is. Yeah. Yes. And I know that for some of your close friends, um, they even start to feel like bad when they would get pregnant. Oh, they were for like, sure. Of course, you're one of their closest friends. They mm-hmm. want you to know, but at the same time, they're sensitive but to they it. They don't want to tell me. Right. Yes. <laughs> so how was how was that from your perspective as well? Just like knowing like... Oh, that was hard. Um, that was hard because I understand that people are trying to be sensitive, so they don't want to share with me right away, mm-hmm. uh, or if I was you know the last to, to be told, but... At the same time, you know, it's also like you know that they have some level of pity on you, mm-hmm. and you don't like the way that that feels. At least in that moment, um, for me, it's always hindsight where uh, I realize, okay, these are the real lessons that I've learned from this entire experience. Of course, but in those moments, it's tough. I think you did a good job learning as you were going. Thank like you. I know you've learned so much on on the fully on the backside mm-hmm. of it, having now become a mother, and we'll get into that in a couple in a little bit. Yes, but um, I do remember. You know, there were years of this. How many years was it? Uh, probably a total of I want to say five, six or something. five or six. I, uh, yeah, I guess you could say of like actively going back and forth between the doctors. I'm trying to think, okay, Grace Kelly was born in January 2016, but we started that process right. so January of 15. Right. So, so 2010 to 2015. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think like you were doing a, a pretty awesome job of handling it. You were, I think we would kind of do the debriefing. You would do the debriefing with our family and just mm-hmm. being like, like this came up. So-and-so told me they were pregnant and they were, had held back on it and they felt bad and da 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 and you were you started to come to a place where you were telling your friends like stop holding back from me mm-hmm. like stop like just tell, tell me, me. Yes. and so what do you think like other people who are in your situation that are going th- through the journey to motherhood and mm. they're hearing their friends like mm. can you offer a perspective for them that they might be able to feel a bit of peace when they're either their friends are telling them and you know they're innocent in it or they're skirting the issue because they're still trying mm-hmm. to protect you Definitely. You know, I, I just, I blink and I, I, I can instantly go back to what that felt like. So if there is uh, someone who is desiring strongly to be a mother right now, and of course motherhood can come to, come to you in many different forms, um, but just, just know that the people that are asking you are of an innocent nature. And even though it may trigger you to feel, you know, anger or sadness, just know that sometimes they don't know how to approach you because they don't want to hurt you further. Mm-hmm. But 
if you come from a place of not letting that, not letting it trigger you into, oh, this makes me feel upset again. Right. Just taking a deep breath and telling yourself, you know, I know they're, they're asking because they love me or they're withholding their news because they're trying to protect me in some way, then I think you'll be able to take their um, announcement right. a little bit softer. Right. If you will. And I, I, I agree. Not, not having been in, in that particular journey, but just in mm-hmm. understanding how emotional wounds work and right. how triggers work, I think that the more that we can come from this as healed of a perspective as we can, given mm-hmm. what we're dealing with, and especially I think one of the keys is what you hit the nail on the head is just seeing the innocence in others. And when you, Because when we don't see the innocence in others, we're not coming from an innocent place in ourselves, mm-hmm. and we're projecting our fear or our um, does like our um, jealousy or right. you know we're we're projecting sure. some sort of lower vibrational emotion that mm-hmm. we if we take an honest look at ourselves we don't want to be coming from there right. but because this trigger is so sensitive mm-hmm. and so open right. so it's not really <laughs> not much healing has gone or gone has not much self has been put on it right. at that, especially in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would echo what you're saying is just to like, remember the innocence of others. And this can go for any type of trigger triggering situation mm-hmm. and to remember your own innocence and the innocence of your own journey and seeing that what is happening is, is on some level and you can chime in and tell me if you agree, if you felt this in your journey. But mm-hmm. I think like I do come from the perspective that life is happening for us, not to us. Right. And I know that would probably have been hard to hear when you're in the thick of it. Oh, so I sure. have to be sensitive to be able to say something like yes. that. But, yes. um, and I know early on when you had asked me kind of like for sharing perspective on how to see it, mm-hmm. um, some things that I had said early on were motherhood comes in many forms. Right. And so it's so true. Um, and so let's talk about kind of, let's talk about how motherhood comes in different forms and how it did for you mm-hmm. and how you came to the decisions that y'all came to. Oh, I'd be happy to share that. Okay. So I, I guess I should preface this with, uh, when Kurt and I were first dating and we were actually talking about, um, you know, what does future look like? You know, do you want kids, this and that, blah, 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 just et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we had actually talked about adoption before we knew anything was going to happen, um, you know, physically with us. It was just, it had always been a part of, of my desire for uh, growing a family. And to my delight, <laughs> he had actually said that when he was in high school, the thought crossed his wow. mind. I, I don't know if you I, knew that. I don't think I knew that. Oh yeah. So when he told me that, I was just like, oh, what was oh. like, well, I wonder what he saw or what he, I'm not sure. It. Maybe it was just in him because it's part of the soul's plan. Oh, you know? I know. And you know, Kurt has, he's such a strong manly dude, but he's got a good sensitive side. Yes, too. He, does. He, does. he really he's does. A, he's got a lot of, a lot of spiritual maturity, whether he would frame it that way or not. Exactly. Does. Exactly. But anyway, so, I mean, we had, we had, discussed adoption being a part of our plan early on. Um, of course we just didn't realize it was going to be the first part, but I'm obviously so glad that it was, um, trying to think back. So we were doing the doctor's things and I know everybody's, I want to, I want to say this clearly. I know everybody's journey is different and their desire is different as far as, well, any topic, but since we're talking about trying to have a baby, I'll just use my own example. I had, um, I just, 
let me let me say it bluntly. Sure. I was not willing to go through IVF. Sure. Personally. Sure. Uh, I had many friends tell me, you know, why don't you do it? This and that. It worked for me. Da 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 da. And that was part of their journey. And I have, you know, friends and family who have done it because they strongly felt that that's what they wanted to do, which is totally fine. Right. Uh, but for me, I just felt, you know, there are just so many kids in this world that need loving families and that just need to be adopted. So that was ultimately my personal first choice over doing something like IVF. Again, right. my journey, my desire. Um, so when we were doing our doctor thing, um, our fertility journey, I had told Kurt that, you know, if it gets to this point, I'm, I don't want to do that. I would right. prefer to do this. And he was totally fine with that. Of course, you know, right. he agreed. Um, but you do have to be on the same page, of course, when you make these decisions, right? Yes. In one, one moment, you might be ready, but your partner may not be ready to go down the adoption route right. or whatever. You know, you may be ready for IVF. He, not, he may not be ready for IVF. Uh, however, I, would, I probably would have been ready a couple years beforehand. He wasn't quite ready, which was totally fine. Um, and then it just got to a point in our, our journey with doctors that I just said, enough. Like I have to take a break. And that was in fall of 2014 because mm. it was right before that traumatic event. Right. For which him. You can, yeah. Which yes. was the major catalyst, which you can share. Absolutely. Kind of, Absolutely. Kind of like quickly when it comes time, you can share for what sure. that was. Uh, yeah. So I had told him, you know, I'm just done. Like we were spending a lot of money, personal money, because our insurance did not cover fertility treatments, which is fine. Um, and just emotionally, just constantly being poked and prodded and just and month all after of it. month, month after you're month. just going through the cycle oh. of maybe it's this yeah. month, oh my but goodness. at the same time protecting yourself from that answer of being a no. Oh my goodness. So you're will, just like ooh. this roller coaster <laughs> is just like sick. It's a cyclical roller coaster right. in these short right. 30 day cycles. And it's just like that, that oh, can't be easy on the emotional system. No. And I will tell you the moment when it happened, because I can remember it as clear as day. I'm not a confrontational person. You know this. No, you're not. <laughs> I, I just, I'm not, you know, I'm not one to ever pick a fight or anything like that. I just don't roll that way. It's never been my nature since birth. Mm-hmm. Um, however, when frustrations and just everything kind of bubbles up, um, the moment where I popped at the doctor's office where it was, I was at my endocrinologist's office. He was with another patient or maybe not there. I can't remember now, but anyway, he had another doctor on staff that was facilitating. So, um, she was just kind of neutral, you know, not super friendly, not mean, just neutral. And anyway, um, you know, I have my positive, um, why am I not thinking outlook or no, it oh, was a demeanor. Test. No, no, no. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it wasn't a positive pregnancy test. Oh, oh ladies, if you I are was way off, you are, it's okay. <laughs> ladies, if you're listening, ovulation test, that's oh. what it was. So, <laughs> so I had a positive ovulation test before I had gone into um, the endocrinologist's office and I was all excited. Cause you know, when you go through this journey, it's like more of a job, right? Mm-hmm. You lose the romance, you lose the spark. Sorry, I know we're talking about your brother, but <laughs> keeping it mild, you know. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> but anyway, it just becomes a job. And ladies, if you're listening to this and you understand, I mean, you get it. <laughs> um, however, went in there and 
she told me whatever. And basically it triggered, I, I said, I have the, you know, the, I had this positive ovulation test. Why did nothing happen? And then she just goes into this very scientific spiel, probably one that she says to all the people that ask a similar question that I did. And I can't believe this bubbled out of me, but you know, everything piling up, mm-hmm. I just said, then why are there blank <laughs> 7 billion people on this planet? <laughs> yeah. Because she was trying to say, you know, it's, it's like this, like really, how hard it is how, for a baby yeah, for, to come exactly to, yeah. to be conceived. I'm like, well, then why is the population so <laughs> massive? Right. If it's that difficult. Right, 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 right. So anyway, that was my moment of just like, I just got to step back and take the pressure off just all of it. So I told him that was probably, I want to say September, October of 2014. And then what I'm about to say next is definitely a beauty for ashes moment for sure. Um, of course I could cry thinking about it right now, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, my husband is a firefighter and he had, um, a, pr- a fire in particular, December of 2015 at this high rise. And it was just probably the, the most traumatic thing in his career that he right. has. Well, it was one of the biggest fires in San Antonio. Yes. I mean, made national news. It was a big deal. So it, it, it shook him. Oh, it shook him. It mm-hmm. did. I'd never, I'd never experienced him, you know the way that he was. And I wasn't quite sure how to deal with it. Well, it just, and just, I don't even know if this is important or not, but sure. just for the backup that the fire was actually at a, a facility for senior, a senior living facility. Yes. A and high so, rise for senior citizens. Yeah. Oh. And so, um, the people that needed help, I mean, they, it was already hard for them to help themselves. Oh, so it was right. just, Oh, right. And, it was, yeah. I mean, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> that's talking about true. That You're event. right. That's true. <laughs> um, cause we could go, I mean, there's some good nuggets in there for sure. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so after a few days, you know, that he's processed everything that he has and just has these life altering thoughts right. where he's feeling, you know, why are we waiting? Why are we this? What's life is precious. So he told me he was ready, ready to adopt. And I was like, yay, I'm so excited. Uh, again, cause I could have done that a couple years prior, but I know he wasn't ready quite yet. And he was this time. And I submitted the paperwork to an agency in Houston. Which, uh, it's, it's- more than paperwork. It's a quite a big yes. binder. <laughs> it is a lengthy process for sure, but it is so, so worth it. It is so worth it. Um, I, I actually found this agency because two of my cousins were adopted from okay. the same one. So it's very, very familiar in your family. Familiar. Oh, just good vibes all around. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd asked my cousins uh, what kind of experience they had, even though their children are grown adults. Uh, I just, I wanted to get more in depth. So I asked them and we were, I mean, we didn't feel the need to go anywhere else. So we didn't look at any local agencies. Right. We just decided you know, to go. You know, you know. Oh, you know, you know, exactly. So anywho, uh, signed the preliminary paperwork. And then this particular, particular agency, I'm sure agencies, they all run differently. Um, they all have their process. Exactly. Exactly. But I submitted the preliminary paperwork and then we were scheduled for, uh, the first, um, it's like a family. Oh, 
the word I'm looking is for? It one of the picnics or? No, no, no. <laughs> this is, uh, it's not an interview, but I guess you could kind of say that. It's just where a bunch of families come in and you have designated times. Like, you know, they say, okay, Kobe family, you're going to be with, uh, I don't know, four, five, six other couples that are hoping to adopt. So you go there and they kind of go through their process mm -hmm. with you and you go through your process with them. And anywho, um, we went and we were super, super excited just about it. I mean, excited, nervous. Of uh, part of it's like crystal clear when I think about it. And then part of it's a blur just because right. you did do a lot. Well, I, I know it. just like what I thought was really cool about the way this agency works. And maybe all agencies work this way, but this was my firsthand experience of mm -hmm. it through, with y'all was the way you put together like who your family is and the way oh, yeah yes. it's really it was Our really book. cool because then the the birth mothers mm -hmm. look through these books and they, they I mean, and every and the whole agency works with the birth mothers yes. to mentally prepare them like well not like for them to make this well they prepare them to make this this choice but the choice right. is theirs absolutely they give to total counseling guidance it is mm -hmm. a christian organization so they're the perspective of like how god is orchestrating this whole process totally. is very much in it and i totally think that it's really beautiful the way each person is sharing who they are what their story is and why they've chosen to to adopt mm -hmm. and you know like, or place their child or place their child right. and um and it's really beautiful to see like how everyone and through this particular agency and hopefully others as well can see how this is always how it was meant to be for that child oh, you know they really create that like may have been born through this birth mother but you're always right. meant to be with this family and oh, i think that's sure. i don't know i've cried when i've read some of the <laughs> some of the snippets i think you posted online mm -hmm. before some of the current like after you had adopted and mm -hmm. some of the people who are now looking at, or even a past story anyway right. it's just like super beautiful the way oh i love it it, it looks you know you can see that it was always meant to be this way, and Absolutely. you're just showing up in your particular role for, mm -hmm. like, yeah, this is my child, and yes, it came through um, this particular birth mother, but mm -hmm. even before you came into this world, you knew you were going to come to us in this way, and oh, I was just like, goodness. oh my gosh! Oh, totally. I mean, it gives me chills <laughs> thinking about it. Um, <laughs> but um, you're, unfor uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know how you want to say this, mm -hmm. Your adoption, your your story to motherhood was not over as soon. You know the 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 emotional ups and downs were not over once you chose adoption. Tell us what happened. Oh yes, the first thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So we started the process in January of 2015. And you have to have your home study approved uh, before you're like officially in the running, if you will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and it, it takes several months, of course. Each agency is different. This is just how ours was. Uh, but I can't, I can't remember. It was, it was maybe April, May when we were like officially, or maybe even approved June. Or something. Uh huh. I can't remember specifically, but it was one of those months. And we were selected from a birth mother. Uh, in, I think, at the end of July, no, sometime in July. We had a shower for you, like, in September or August, something like that. It was, so no, it was in June, but we hadn't been selected yet, because it was June 27th. Oh, okay. I still have the, I okay. still have the, the invitation, <laughs> you know, <laughs> mom thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, anyway, so, yes, y'all hosted that awesome shower, uh, June 27th, 
And then we were selected at the end of July from a birth mother who, um, she, I guess she had just made her decision as far as wanting to place uh, the baby for adoption because she was due like at the very end of July, beginning of August. Oh, okay. So it was like Late two, yes, it was like two weeks before the baby was supposed to be born. So we met her and this is how this particular agency works. They always want you to meet the birth mother uh, firsthand after she has chosen you from uh, the book that you put together. Right. It's amazing that it's a whole open process. Oh, totally. So different from from even like growing up how we watch movies that portray adoption oh, yeah. as being a closed process and mm-hmm. like so like kept under the rug. Times it's so different. Have changed. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> and for the better, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, but anyway, so we met up, we, um, it, it's just, it's supposed to be this casual encounter, even though obviously it's like a big deal, you know, <laughs> yeah. this birth mother is meeting you to potentially place, you know, the care of her child, uh, into your hands. Right. Right. And no big deal, no big deal. <laughs> right. No pressure. Um, but yeah, so we had the the lunch with her and you know she was quiet and shy and obviously we could tell she was nervous I mean so are we this is the first time we're doing this ourselves both ends and uh, we were communicating really well through text conversations and just she was keeping us updated on this that and the other and then communication started getting less and less and I just had this uneasy feeling Right. right and you know that it is obviously their choice in the end. Um, but you... Well, this journey has been going for years now. Yes. And now you're on yet another know, roller coaster in a whole new form. It but. was. Oh, that was hard. So I will say that um, she stopped communicating the day or two before she was induced. and So this is like prior to the drop-off of communication... You guys, you and Kurt, think you're going to be parents in, like, less than a week. Right, right. I mean, we were getting clothes ready. Like, all our friends and family were helping us, you know, just getting... You had, at the time, you were still living in New Braunfels. You had yes. a nursery. Yeah, we had everything set up and ready to go. All the excitement was there. Uh, and then, yep, we didn't hear from her. And I was like, is everything okay? You know, being, like, delicate right. like I am. <laughs> Uh, so we contacted our director and of the agency, and I was like, "Did she change her mind?" And she was like, "I haven't heard. Let me let me try to get in touch with her." So she did, and she did change her mind, but she didn't have the heart to tell us. And oh my goodness, that was like it, it felt like a death. Oh, it I'm sure because this did. is at this point in the journey you have like. You know, before in your earlier journey, Mm -hmm. you hadn't conceived, right? And so at this point... Except once. Oh, except for that. But I meant in terms of emotional attachment to what's going on. Oh, for sure. And now this is a real baby that is, like, within reach. Within reach. And Mm -hmm. gone. Yes. And it's hard because it's like, you know that that's their choice. Right. You know, and that's... And you can't do anything about it. And and it's good they have that choice. Absolutely. Absolutely. But... At the same time, you're just like, uh, it just feels like a, a gut punch. Oh, and sure. I just remember losing it. Of course, I'm emotional anyway. Well, I mean, <laughs> this is understandable. Yes, but I just remember sitting on the couch and we were talking to, um, again, our director on the phone. 
And I just couldn't speak anymore when she said, you know, she has changed her mind. And Kurt had to finish the conversation for me. Like, I just, like, you know, just the whole thing. So I just lost it. Uh, we ended up having a couple friends come over that night, you know, bring us food. We were just, I just, just to, to comfort us. And right. it was, I look back and I will always appreciate those friends that, that came over and comforted us because, man, that was, that was rough. Mm-hmm. That was rough that was not sad. only for us, but our family who had gotten really uh, attached to the idea as well. Sure. So that happened. And then, you know, <laughs> What happens? You're back in the running again. Right. <laughs> but you still stay, you, know, you weren't really willing to throw in the towel on the adoption process. Oh, not at all. Just, not at all. It's just you're, you're thinking of, now I'm thinking of, okay, this baby has been born and now this baby is not with us and wondering, you know, how that's going on in their world. But I have to slowly disassociate myself with that because it's like, well, that baby isn't with us. That baby is with Right. Her that mother. wasn't the ultimate plan. Right, exactly. And so like falling back into the trust of the for sure, the, for sure. God's plan. Mm-hmm. It took some time because again, that was in August. And then of course it seems like it's taking forever, mm-hmm. right? When you're waiting again and oh, it just it, that felt like the longest period. <laughs> and it really <laughs> wasn't that long. But from August to November. Oh, but to live in a state of anticipation right. and wondering what's right. when you're going to get the call, when you're... Is it going to happen yeah, again? Is it going to be at, towards the end of someone's pregnancy? Is it going to be at the right. beginning? Like, I know. It, it's, it's an adrenaline. Like, it's all drain your adrenaline just, like, pushing on oh, it totally. so hard in that state of anticipation. Totally. You're trying to live your life as, as normally and fluidly as possible, but you still have this goal that you're trying to... Uh, achieve, you know, attain this this visualized. I don't know. You, you no, the do. dream life. Yes. You know, for what that vision for, for is, it, your vision of where your life is going. Yes, for us, for sure. So, I remember it was in November, and I actually had my cousin with me, uh, and I get a call from this sweet lady Denise, <laughs> who's from the agency. Um, all the kids call her Aunt Nisi. It's really precious. Mm-hmm. And she has, um, she and her husband had adopted as well. Uh, but anyway, she gets a call and she tells me that we were chosen again. Mm-hmm. So we were really excited. Um, was it hard to attach the idea or were you still trying to protect yourself? Or? A little bit of both, but I couldn't help it. I started crying and my cousin saw me crying. And she was like, so happy for me. And uh, this is Casey. Oh, okay. And... Anyway, she just, I think she was filming me, actually. <laughs> I haven't seen the video, but mm, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, I just broke down, like, when she started giving me more details on this birth mother, um, especially. Did you feel something, like, drop in, like, this is the one, or was it still, like, I hope this is the one? It, it was, I hope this is the one, but I was still protecting myself mm-hmm. because of what had previously happened. Right. So... I wanted to get super excited, but I was still like, well, you know, I don't know, because look what happened to us in August. So anyway, um, she tells me all these things, and, you know, they just give you a brief on the birth mothers and why they um, decided to do this, which is an amazing, amazing thing. Like, they... The choice has got to be just so tough for them. Oh, uh, yeah, it is. I mean, ultimately, 
majority of the time, they just want what's best for their child. Right. I mean, absolutely. So she just wanted to give her baby girl the best life that mm-hmm. she could possibly have. And, and did she say why she picked you and Kurt? Yes. Um, I mean, it was for a multitude of reasons, but she was presented with, I mean, this was total divine intervention. Obviously, everything is, but she was attending church and she was really open about this plan, you know, about wanting to, um, adopt out. Mm -hmm. And of course, so many couples at church, so many families at church were like, you know, we would be happy to do it. You know, we would adopt your baby. Let us, let us. And she, I guess she just didn't feel like it was a right fit. And I honestly can't remember how she came in contact with this agency. Um, but nevertheless she did. And I think she had like six to eight books presented to her mm-hmm. of families that um, like fit her criteria and vice versa, I guess. Um, and she like instantly was drawn to our book. She hadn't even like read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And she told, our, you know, the people I'm, I've referred to like, nope, they're it. They're Aww. it. They're the ones. And they were like, you haven't even read the full book. And she's like, I don't, I don't need to. Like she did. Right. But, but that's she like just the divine plan at work, yes. right? Whenever you like you're, you light up yes. inside when something clicks in oh, place. For sure. and that's, you know, for any of us in our journey, when mm-hmm. something's right, you, oh, know, you feel definitely. it. And then, so, you know, we hear all this stuff and it's like, makes us feel good. Of course. Like, oh, that's amazing. Uh, she got, she really got a sense of, of who we are just from a book, you know? Right. So then the next step happens. We go meet her and we have a meal together and totally different from the first encounter um and in hindsight you can obviously see how these things work but you know with the first one she was a bit more shy reserved uh, could tell she felt a little awkward and with this one even if she felt nervous she didn't let it show our conversation was flowing we were like discussing each other's backgrounds and hobbies we've done in the past and laughing you know kurt made some jokes and as of course (laughs) yeah as as kurt is (laughs) the funny guy that he is and it just was a really nicely flowing conversation we kept in really great contact from then up until uh the birth of uh our daughter (laughs) and uh, I want to say that we met her, when did we meet her? It was probably the, either the very end of, it might have been the very end of November or early December where we had a meal with her. And then Grace Kelly was actually due, I think, February 8th to 15th. I can't remember the original due date. And then they scheduled a C-section for her at the end of January. Right. Um, so we had a little bit of time to prepare. It was only about two months. Even. Right. Yeah. I mean, not long, but a lot longer than, right. you know, previous. Um, but anyway, we kept in great communication, you know, just really open about our expectations with one another. And she's just, she's a really kind girl. She's sweet. You know, we, we love her and adore her. And we think that what she did was obviously one of the hardest decisions of her entire life. Right. But definitely, she was putting Grace Kelly first. I mean, yes. she made that abundantly clear. And Grace Kelly kill. is what you named your daughter. Yes, that is our daughter, Grace Kelly. <laughs> um, but, man, what a ride. And, and so, Yeah, and so with all of everything that you went through, mm-hmm. at what point did you finally just feel at peace? 
Oh, the moment she was born. Oh, awesome. the moment mm-hmm. she was born. Uh, if anyone who's listening to this has ever adopted before, uh, especially from birth, and they've been at the hospital, you will totally understand what I'm saying. Um, but it's just a feeling of, ugh, like, okay, how do I explain this? You're trying to do this delicate dance mm-hmm. because, at least in the state of Texas, you still have 48 hours oh, before, that's right. yes, before uh, the birth mother signs her rights. Right. From the time that the, the baby, baby is born. born. Yes. And then 48 hours And after. you, uh, just to add in, I know mm-hmm. that you and Kurt were in the room. I don't know if you were in the room mm-hmm. she was born, but you were like in the room that we were she the... was recovering from or something. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. Like so stayed she... the night. In, like this right. woman was okay with these two oh, she ad- wanted us adults <laughs> being in her room. I know, I know. <laughs> it um... was quite interesting when I came up on the second day, but it was t- <laughs> our... Yeah, I think she was born the day before uh-huh. and I drove up the next just day. Just a different dynamic, right? right? It was, it was like, our wow, normal. we were just all in this room and it was the birth mother and, and she did have a couple of little girls already mm-hmm. and they were there. It was just such a wild experience I know. to all be in this one room. I know. So, yes, our birth mother had um, a C-section and so I was not in the room for her. And I remember her apologizing. She's like, I'm sorry, I'm just scared. It's a surgery. I was like, oh, no, it's okay. Like, I don't need to be in surgery with you. It is A-okay. <laughs> uh, but we were in the waiting room. And then, you know, she's recovered. And then I remember when they took us back to the room uh, that she was going to uh, stay in. Or that we were going to stay in with her, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember going in. And, yes, I mean, it's a different dynamic. I'm not the one that's just given birth. She has. It goes back got, to the dance you're talking about. Right, that delicate dance, that uh, balance um, of being sensitive but still trying to be excited but not being. Because you were one of the main things I think you wanted to do was do the skin to skin contact to create. That I had hoped that. Bonding. Yes, yes, I and did. And she, she immediately offered that, right? She did. So, I we go in the room. You know, she's holding Grace Kelly, and then we've got bunch of different people in the room and um and then she hands her to me and I start to like cry but I'm trying not to make a big deal of it because again I'm trying to be sensitive this and that right and then I remember Denise like looking at me saying like it's okay like this is exciting you can cry you know she's done this a bazillion times so she's seen all different sides of the spectrum as far as reactions (laughs) and uh anyway so I'm holding this baby and I am just like crying almost uncontrollably at just what's transpired. Right. So we're taking pictures again, but trying to be sensitive. And, you know, then she, we weren't sure how like the nightly thing was going to go and whatever, but she, um, she asked us if, uh, if we could stay in her room. She wanted us to stay there because she just wanted to see how we, reacted with one another and just how we got along. Um, So we did, and she just was in love with our interactions with one another. Just completely, just seeing our dynamic, like, right. and she even told us, she was just like, I love seeing you guys together, and the way just that... confirming her, her decision yes, from what she yes. felt when she first saw the book. Oh my goodness, absolutely. She just thought it was sweet and touching and like, yep. Definitely the ones. And talk about another divine intervention moment is that Grace Kelly, 
popped out with strawberry blonde hair. And that was a surprise to all of us. Which is the same color as my brother. Yes. And so our birth mother says, if this isn't a sign from God that she's supposed to be your daughter, I don't know what is. You know, lighthearted, but just a sweet moment. And we kind of chuckled at that. And so we were very good at, um, again, just that balance. It was like the duration that we were there, we were going, you know, here, here's the baby. Like, just trying to have that hold her as much as you want. Like we'll be the secondary, um, in this moment. And anywho, um, Oh, I forgot about the scan to scan. Let me go back to that. So we are, she, they hadn't given Grace Kelly a bath yet. And the nurse comes in and they know what's up with the hospital. It's like it written in the chart, you know, this is an adoption, blah, blah, blah. And so the nurse comes in and she looks at, um, our birth mother and myself and says, um, the nurse says, I'm trying to think <laughs> it's been a while. The nurse looks at both of us and she says, okay, um, we're going to give her a bath and then who's going to do skin to skin contact with her. Of course, internally I was <laughs> like, Oh, I hope it's me. But again, be delicate. She wasn't officially ours yet, you know, right. and I couldn't say anything if she chose to do that. But she looks at me and she just says, well, you're her mommy. You know, she needs to, she needs to do it with you. And I was like, how incredibly mature. Right. Of somebody to do when this is like the hardest thing ever. So it was pretty amazing. Um, so the nurse, you know, gowns me up and I'm sitting in the recliner next to her and she puts Grace Kelly on my chest and we start doing it. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, our birth mother just, we just started having converse, casual conversations and really got to know each other even more like our backgrounds, our backstories. And it really became like, just make her feel so peaceful as she transitions this precious cargo, (laughs) Mm -hmm. precious cargo. Indeed. Um, it was just a wild experience for sure, but in the best way possible. And then, you know, you have to go out of the room, um, because social workers and things like that come in there and they talk to her. I mean, they just, they legally have to. Um, and so we're in and out or we'll go get lunch and then we'll come back and what have you. And then, you know, the, the time comes where she officially signs the paperwork. And so we exit the room and of course we're feeling a little nervous because there have been, you know, mm-hmm. situations where people have backed up literally the last second, Wow, you know, yeah. cause they can't, they feel like they can't go through with it I or can see that. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, but anyway, so we're just patiently waiting and then just nonchalantly go back to the room and she's like, Oh, it's all done. You know, just, <laughs> that was crazy. Um, but I will say the hardest moment and we will never forget this as long as we live. The hardest moment was parting from the hospital. Really? Oh yes. Because we're all leaving together and, you know, (laughs) we're giving each other hugs outside. I think the nurse that was walking all of us down didn't really know. She was a different nurse. Oh, okay. She, I don't think she knew what was going on. So she was like observing and, you know, all that stuff. But anyway, so we just were like all crying and saying, you know, we are going to just love her so much and we promised to give her the best life possible and just thanked her again for the ultimate gift. Right. Cause for us, this precious human being mm-hmm. was that ultimate gift. 
I think it's like a beautiful story, and I'm so glad with all the ups and downs that y'all went through that you ultimately worked with this particular birth mother to have mm-hmm. such a smooth adoption process. And of course, Definitely. specifically, it brought us Grace Kelly. Oh, I, I know. can't imagine anyone else in our lives. She's so bought silly. her. <laughs> I know. Who <laughs> is now three and a half years old. So tell us something that happened. Um, what is it, like a year and a couple months I, ago? Yeah, so what is it? At the end of May, I guess, a, yeah, a year and almost a couple months ago. Maybe a month. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, <laughs> so I'm just going through life, right? You know, thinking it's just not in the cards for me to get pregnant. And I was totally fine with that. You're not was, even that thinking much about no, it at this moment, right? No, I'm th- all I'm thinking is I, my body. I am my own birth control, mm-hmm. right? Nothing's, I mean, really, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's the simplest way I can put it. Um, and when you feel that way and nothing's happened, there's right. no need to, to take precautions otherwise. But anyway, um, I will also say that when Grace Kelly arrived, Every single desire, every fiber of my being let go completely of the idea of conceiving and just being pregnant. Right. I just, none of it mattered. None of it mattered. Right. And this is coming from someone, as you know, who is... You wanted that maternal oh, experience. So I was so maternal and just like dreamt of being pregnant just to experience what it was like. Um... But yeah, when I completely let go of that, it just... It I was, mean, because you just assumed, like, to have more kids, you would adopt. Oh, yeah, we wanted to. We were just, yeah, that's just what we planned to do. Like, mm-hmm. I had told him, you know, right after Grace Kelly was born with our second, I was like, if you want me to, to go back to the fertility doctor route, like, I'll do it for you, but I, I don't want to do that. Um, but he said, no, I'm not going to force you to do something that you don't want to do, and he said something that was so incredibly precious. He just said, why would we do that? The love's the same. Aww. I mean, came, I know. I was like, oh, you're so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, it was really sweet. So that was just our plan. And right. then, uh, it's <laughs> funny. Okay. So Kurt took me fishing. Uh, for those of you who don't know my husband, he is an avid fisherman that's like his obsession mm-hmm. he loves bass it fishing. yes bass fishing in particular and that's just where he is the happiest uh when he's not with me <laughs> or, his, or his kids <laughs> uh anywho he uh wanted to take me down we went down to choke canyon i believe yes because there are alligators in it which is really weird and he was like no throwing lures i know he's like popping a lure on them and like, like, what are you doing? They're going to jump at the boat. It was yeah. crazy, but they didn't, of course. <laughs> but anyway, um, I was, it was a great day fishing. Your mom had watched Grace Kelly so that we could kind of do this as like a little date. And I was feeling great. The next day I was feeling polar opposite. Right. <laughs> um, had I been feeling the same way the day we went fishing, I would have been like, uh-uh, can't, can't do get it. in the boat. Can't do it. <laughs> But yeah, the day after, which oddly enough, I remember it being May 17th, <laughs> I guess I wrote it down in a journal or I don't remember. <laughs> anyway, um, I remember we had gotten like 
Mexican food too from down the right, road. Right, because you were wondering. I was. That was the cause of your. No, 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 not that in particular. Oh. I just remember, even though I was sick, or maybe it was the day after that, I was like craving, oddly enough, craving a puffy taco, which I never crave. Oh, okay. Um, which I thought it was too early to have cravings like that, but for some reason I, I did. Um, <laughs> No, but the day but after... of course, at that point, you still don't know what it is. No. You're not thinking that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, my mom had had a stomach virus, like, several weeks prior. So, I just thought I caught it from her. Like, pregnancy was the last thing on my mind. I mean, hello. Mm-hmm. Nearly a decade mm-hmm. after having your one and only pregnancy, <laughs> which resulted in miscarriage. I mean... Can't blame me for thinking that that would be like the furthest thing from right. my mind. And then wasn't it that my mom had asked that, asked the question? Yeah, we were sitting out on the patio having coffee, and she was like, "Well, do you think it uh-huh. could be, you know, that?" I mean, I guess the tiniest, like at that point, because Kurt was immediately like, "Oh, you're pregnant." I'm like, "But you say that all the time, like you know, just wishful thinking, right. being silly." And I'm like, haha, you say that all the time. Like, this is nothing new. He's like, no, no, you are, you are. I'm like, huh, okay. So thinking, you know, I had a stomach virus because I had the exact symptoms that my mom had. And so I'm just like, I guess I just caught it. Mm-hmm. So I tell my mom this, and she doesn't tell me until later on, of course, that she was like telling my dad, like, do you think they are? <laughs> Which is so funny. I'm like, I'm the only one that was like, there's well, no Well, because way. you had protected yourself also yes. so much from... True. Yeah. That's very, very true. So, anywho, um, Kurt was like, like a week went by, thinking it was the sickness, and he was like, just take a test. I was like... Why? So it could be negative again? <laughs> See? Protect exactly, yourself. Exactly. <laughs> right. And um, he was like, just do it for me. You know, peace of mind for me. I said, okay. So you stop drinking just in case. No, I'm just kidding, <laughs> kidding, kidding. I don't remember, but probably. <laughs> <laughs> but anywho, I, so I was not in a rush to get these tests. So what did I do? I ordered them on Amazon rather than right. going to a store. Right. So they came a couple days later. I still hadn't taken it yet because mm. I was in no rush thinking, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one day when Kurt's going on shift in the morning, it's like six in the morning. He's like, okay, I'm like, get up. You need to take a test. Uh-huh. I was like, really? I was like, can I just like hold off? You know, it's fine. He's like, no, just take one. Just so I know if it is, if it is great. If it's not, whatever. It's been the same, you know, right. this whole time. So I'm like, okay, so it's a digital test and I go in there and I'm waiting. And of course I'm Feeling those feelings again, the start bubble up, bubbling up because I have not taken a pregnancy test in years. Mm-hmm. So then I see pregnant flash on there and I start like oh trembling. <laughs> yes. And I look closer and I'm going in. I'm going like, Am in. I seeing clearly? Yeah. I'm like, well, there are false positives, right. you know, like this is me we're talking about. This isn't somebody else <laughs> out there that gets pregnant like that. Right. This is me. <laughs> So I'm just like shaking. I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That really <laughs> says pregnant. So I go out there and I'm like, <gasps> like hyperventilating. Right. At six in the morning before my husband is going to work. Mm-hmm. And I show him this test and he's like, oh my goodness, you, you're pregnant. You're pregnant. <laughs> and we're both crying. And yeah. So it was a crazy moment. And at that point, Grace Kelly was, she'd like just turned two in January and I found out in May that I was pregnant. So, that's just crazy. Yeah. crazy. And they, I mean, I know you hear that, that uh, 
cliche story. Once you mm -hmm. adopt, you get pregnant. But this was still a couple of years afterwards, I think. Yes. So. I mean, a lot of people, and it's sweet that they say it. I, I know that there are plenty of stories out there, but I just want to say I am sensitive to the fact that there are also plenty of people who it doesn't apply to. Right. You know, I've met plenty of, um, of parents who've adopted who... It didn't happen. It didn't happen to them. Right. So I'm all, when people tell me that, like, I know it's innocent in nature, right. but I always have the other ones in the back of my mind, like, I got you, girl. Like, I'm sensitive right. to there, you know? Right. Yes. And I think there's just always, you know, the divine plan for each person's particular journey. 100%. And, you know, and motherhood comes in all forms, mm -hmm. and some maybe are just, like, you know, the face, the challenges that come with that, because that's what enabled you to grow and spiritually mature, because, yes. I mean, I would say, like, or maybe I should ask, because like as you look over this journey, I would say this is probably the toughest journey of your life, right? Definitely. Would be the most challenging is this Definitely. journey to motherhood, the mm -hmm. ups and downs of it. What would you say that's also been the like kind of like the grist for the meal for spiritually developing your maturity? Oh, like, for, for growing sure. Spiritually? Oh, for sure. I, I and this comes with every single category, every. Everything that you desire in life, I don't care if it's pregnancy or a certain success in your business, whatever, when you have quote unquote struggled to get there, you, your, your sense of appreciation is just naturally heightened extremely. It just is mm -hmm. rather than, you know, I, I just know that I, again, for myself and for Kurt, we just appreciate our family, our kids, so much more we feel than if I were to get pregnant easy, easy like just right away. That's just how we feel, just because right. it took us so long. Again, just but our personal thoughts. I think even these lessons like extend out past the particular uh, the particular struggle to motherhood. Mm -hmm. I think that when you think back to how you handled when your friends asked you, like, oh, are you pregnant? Or mm -hmm. what's the latest? Or what's the news? I think that there was just a lot of growth in those moments mm -hmm. to understand how not to become triggered by those situations. Definitely. You know, and so I don't think it's just the particular journey that you're on. Mm -hmm. This extends to this emotional, spiritual maturity oh. of um, seeing the innocence in others, of handling mm -hmm. yourself from like the most triggerable wound in you, you ultimately had to come to a place where you were interacting with people, asking you these questions throughout, right. or sharing their news and their journeys. That you had to come to a place that gave you some peace mm -hmm. to be happy for them. So you had to come from uh, not like when the wound, when our wounds are so strong, we get blinded to our ability to be happy when someone is in the situation that we want to be in. Right. But you quickly came to a place where you could be happy for people that mm -hmm. were moving in that in that journey of what you wanted and they were moving with it. Oh, definitely. And things like that. So Definitely. I don't know. I think that this this journey though it was a lot of years and a lot of It was. For a lot as of young as I am, it was a long time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there was a lot of I mean, hopefully that's the biggest thing you have to go through, right? But if it isn't, you're prepared to be able to handle more. Oh, well, I, I feel like it's definitely been a catalyst for something more. I mean, you already know that I am a huge, huge advocate for adoption. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I've always been that way, but obviously, like, it's well, like I have, have a, a megaphone. Story. For sure. And, and, I mean, in our personal story, like, I have, you know, we have, I, I've, I've done it both ways. <laughs> You know, we have a child who 
came to us by way of adoption, which we love that that happened that way. And then I just miraculously got pregnant. So. Right, we call them the two miracle babies. Oh, yes, we do, <laughs> the two miracle babies, for sure. And so I know what it's like on both ends now. And I feel, I feel like that's really, obviously really good. I, but I want, I share our journey so much because I want to not only shine a light on Grace Kelly's story and our journey, you know, as a family, but I really want to inspire others that do want families just to have, just to be a little bit more open-minded. You know, when I come across other, other families, I think, um, sometimes it's natural for them to say, um, oh, we would love to adopt, but it's just too expensive. Mm -hmm. But in our journey, we've come to find, you know, there's a will, there's a way. Right, well, you fundraised. Yes, I mean. You let people share in your story through that process. I know so many people got excited to be a part of it, and they feel invested in Grace Kelly. So many people. I know, it's precious. I mean, everyone loves, you know, both of your kids. Caleb is the little boy. Yes. She had a little boy. We didn't oh, really get to that, fluffer. so we have a little boy and a little girl. <laughs> I know. But um, the people are, are are really invested in her story, and a mm-hmm. lot of them supported that process. And oh, I think, so like, sweet. Um, but just to echo what you were saying is that yes, there's there is so many ways. Like I, I, it just we've learned. You know, no. If if you really want to do something, you will find a way to do it. And um, I mean, yes, I understand what they're saying on one hand, but. Man, there are there are so many options to get you to there, and if you are really letting that be a driving force, you know there's alternative routes. Of course, like we went through a private agency, but there are so many precious children in the foster system that need loving homes, that need a, a safe haven, and that is definitely a less expensive route for sure. Um, and then there are grants out there. There's fundraising. You know, we we heard it wasn't in our case, but we've heard that certain employers will actually oh, wow. yes will actually gift a certain amount of money depending on the employer right. if they do That's it of course yes um, to go towards your adoption fees. So it's like there are options. Right. You know, and I am totally happy and willing to help others not only through encouragement and prayer, but like being on the forefront with them, you know, I'll help you fundraise. I'll, I'll help you go through the emotional um, roller coaster. I'll be there for you. But to give this, and child, then you also talk to them on the front end just to explain, like, yes, you like, helped them. I mean, I know people come to you and like that are seriously looking into it, mm-hmm. and they do ask you your questions. Yes, yes, they have. I mean, we, it's, it's. I feel like it's like a locomotive, you know, like picking up speed, picking up some steam, and then getting faster and faster. But we have encouraged. Um, some people that we know and some people that we don't know to <laughs> to uh, seriously consider adoption. Right. And one of those is actually truly manifested uh, into that. I mean, awesome. friends of ours were replaced with a precious baby boy um, a few months ago this spring, and we couldn't be happier for them. And I just love seeing that because there are, again, it's my view, but the, every child right. deserves a loving home. So you're open to it I'm here to talk to you that's awesome yeah I love it and like you're so good about sharing it on social media and um, you're very personable about it people engage with it ask Mm -hmm. you questions and maybe this can segue into your blog Prosecco and Peace right yes and I didn't know if it was Peace and Prosecco no Prosecco and Peace (laughs) but I'm sorry I should know that and but maybe like where's um Kind of like tell us about that and how this is feeding into it. Mm. And also, I know that you're a huge advocate for kindness. I am. And so, if you would like to just share with us, kind of how those two passions interweave and oh, flow for into sure. for sure into Prosecco and Peace, and what you, what your what your intention is with this blog, so we can 
let people know about mm -hmm. it, get them there and get them connecting with you. For sure. Well, I love to talk about many different things, of course, just everyday life, whether it's family or obviously adoption, which of course goes into family, uh, occasional recipe, road trips, whatever. So lifestyle. Lifestyle, for sure. But it's all beautifully packaged uh, with a of kindness you know so there's like a nugget of, of what I call a pearl of kindness oh, sweet. <laughs> thank you and each um, blog post and just a little nuggets of wisdom that you can carry on into your life because you know it's so important to not only be kind to others but be kind to yourself mm -hmm. I mean you know this right wholeheartedly like so many people have this negative self-talk um, you know, that's programmed from an early age and it's hard for them to get out of that. Right. But it's the ultimate self-care. If you can be kind to yourself and without looking at it, like it's not selfish. It's, it's, it's selfish not to. Right. It's selfish not to. And if you can be kind to yourself and do the inner work, because it takes work before it becomes, you know, right. second nature. Um, then ultimately being the best version of yourself and being the kindest, being the kindest to yourself, it'll spill over abundantly into, into your external world, who you associate yourself with, the others that you interact with, strangers on the street, you right. know, it just, your cup runneth over. <laughs> right. No, I agree 100%. Mm -hmm. I would, I would say it is hard to be truly kind to others if you're not kind to yourself, because right. in that situation, you're actually being kind to others to try to get something back. And right. So it actually is a self-serving endeavor mm -hmm. because you're coming from this sense of lack of not loving yourself. Right. And so you're actually trying to take actions in the world mm -hmm. to get a response that then is telling you to feel good about yourself. And if you don't get that response, you actually will get mad at the world. Right. And so this, um, it's so important to start with ourselves in any aspect of our journey, our emotional healing and our spiritual journey, which I see go hand in hand. Yes. And so, I agree 100% that as we come from this more abundant space, which just an abundant space is self-love, is self-acceptance, that when we come from that place, we show up and give grace and space to others. And so that is us overflowing. That is the cup overflowing by allowing people to be in their, in their journey in whatever way. Like it's mm -hmm. kind to just let someone be in their journey without right. putting a criticism or some sort of expectation mm -hmm. on them to feed you. Oh, beautifully and said. So, um, so I think kindness is huge, and I love that you're advocate of it. I love that that's been like kind you. of your go-to word for many years, as more than a word, but <laughs> as a quality and an action. Oh, and um, I love that the blog is being like you said. That's it's wrapped in kindness. Mm -hmm. That's the bow on top. Yes, that's the overall central theme. Um, you know, weaved interweaved with luxury. You Ooh. know, that's where oh the prosecco. Yes, that's where the prosecco ties in. Well, of course, it was you know. Um, inspired because we love Prosecco so much. I mean, that is like our favorite drink. So it's Which just... we only, we didn't do any refills on no, this podcast. we need one Because uh, she, uh, Emily has been so good at sharing, mm. sharing without me having to ask a lot of questions. I finished mine and she still had about half of hers. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I've just been talking so much. But that's me anyway, <laughs> which is all good. Um, but yeah, so the Prosecco is just that luxurious aspect and the piece is just really inner peace you know again being kind right, to yourself right. uh, being kind to others just having taking the stress away I mean we all know stress is not good for anyone but man if you even look at, at it from a scientific perspective like you can see how 
on a cellular level. Like right. I've been watching these things. It's crazy. What are you um, watching? Is this on something on oh, Netflix? Oh, like or? Dr. Bruce Lipton. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and Joe okay. Dispenza. Yes, you know, yes, like of they, course. they, they. What do they say? They take. They wanted to take the mysticism mm. out of it because you know, if you can show all of these scientific facts, then you know, it kind of. Uh, it allows it makes it easier for mainstream to to adopt it right right right, because they see it it makes Mm -hmm. sense da 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 and when I when I see it and when I hear it I'm like oh wow I mean it's really eye opening Mm -hmm. I've just been consumed with it so anyway (laughs) um, it's just really important not to I can't stress this enough right (laughs) how important it is to eliminate stress and part of that again is kind to yourself try to work on that um, positive self talk and it can feel hard at first, but right. you work on it. That's your shifting momentum, right? Yes. I kind of think of it as like if you've got like this big ship, like a cruise ship mm-hmm. in the ocean, and you try to, you need to do like a 180 and turn it around oh, into another right. direction. Oh, good. Analogy. You're not just gonna jerk the wheel and get a response out of it. Mm-hmm. You're gonna, it's you're going to start to move it, move it at a certain. It's gonna be slow and slow and slow, and at a certain point, you hit this tipping point, and yes. all of a sudden, you get that momentum that you slowly created, and oh, then it gets definitely. behind you and is moving this entire ship in a whole another direction. Mm-hmm. So I completely see the inner journey that way, yes. and think that it's just like so important to do this inner work for us individually and I think that it contributes to the collective because while we are at peace within ourselves Mm -hmm. that's the energy that's expanding and exuding from us and it's infused into the collective whether it's through a direct interaction with someone through smiling a kind gesture whatever it might be Mm -hmm. or it's just indirectly going into it because that's the energy we're carrying when we are clear of our own dysfunction when our with our if we're clear of our own lower energy with the low vibes of fear mm-hmm. and stress and yes. frustration whatever however it shows up everything that, negative yeah <laughs> that we are we're actually contributing to more purified and beautiful energy into the world we're putting more love into the world mm-hmm. and so i love that i love that you're doing this i love that um that you're able to do this because of the work that you've done in your own journey. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I think that you've met your challenges in this, and that have already. You're you're young. I haven't shared this, but <laughs> she's only 32, so yes. she's been on this journey <laughs> since her, she started in her early 20s. Mm-hmm. As you know, what the catalyst of this journey to motherhood was a big catalyst in it. Yeah, I think that you have done an incredible job in handling oh, thank that. You. And it wasn't that you handled it on the uh, fully on the backside you handle it as you went mm-hmm. you know I, I appreciate that and it kind of was like that ship being turned at first it was so hard and right. so like with the people asking the questions right. and da, 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 da. but with time you you immediately gave them their innocence mm-hmm. and we're not being offended by it and we're showing up Definitely. in that inner abundance and giving your friends that overflow by being happy for them yes. as they didn't have that particular struggle in their life. Right. And I will just add to it that I think that everyone has catalysts that are put in their life for, oh, for spiritual sure. maturity, for growth, for learning, mm-hmm. and that it all looks differently. And a lot of times we get into our particular catalyst without seeing it as a Mm -hmm. catalyst we see it as something that's happening to us Mm -hmm. and not for us why is this happening right and so i think a a, you know a stronger perspective is to see that all of our individual lives are designed designed with these particular catalysts that Mm -hmm. in my mind because i come from like this really spiritual place is that i feel like we have had these soul agreements coming into this life like these are the challenges that are going to be there Mm -hmm. and you kind of signed up for it before you came into this life but you forget that you signed up for it Mm -hmm. so it feels like it's just hitting you out of nowhere Mm -hmm. but if we can come from this perspective that 
huh, on the soul level, I agreed to this because it was going to teach me more about myself and it was going to teach me more about these higher qualities of mm -hmm. love and wisdom. And I was going to balance that out in a better way because I faced these challenges. Mm -hmm. So if you can remember that, you can be your own cheerleader through your process mm -hmm. and you can kind of see it as if you're, if you're not, if you don't think that you're getting like, if you're not thinking that people are appreciating the hard struggle that you're going through, mm -hmm. think about all the think about the divine realm that's watching over you cheering for you the mm -hmm. whole time they're cheering for you every time you make that choice for peace for quality for kindness for love for mm -hmm. compassion every time you make that choice there's just this like hallelujah hooray yes. for people that for us as humanity doing that right and so you've just done a tremendous job of that in your journey i know oh, you'll continue you. to do it because that's who you are mm -hmm. and i love that now that you're fully on the backside of this particular journey mm -hmm. that you've chosen to share your overflowing abundance <laughs> through this, through all that you do. I mean, you're a kind person, you do it, but particularly you have this yeah. intention to do it through this blog called mm -hmm. Prosecco and Peace. Yeah. Yes. So let people know where they can find you and where they can find this blog. And yes. um, I'm not sure when the blog's coming out, but I'll... <laughs> yes, like, it's still in the beginning stages, yes. but I will say um, you can... Uh, find us on Instagram, of course, uh, Prosecco and Peace. And I think I'm just going to stick with Instagram. I don't think I'm going to open a social media account on Facebook for this, just to simplify. Sure. Um, that's just what I'm feeling right now. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean things can't change later, but currently. Um, and then ProseccoandPeace.com. And you just Google it and you'll find me. Right. And the people, for anyone that might be relating to you on your journey, they can reach out to you. And... Yes. Personally, <laughs> if they have questions, if, you know, I mean, I know we're all on, on different journeys, of course, and some that are listening can't relate at all. And then there are some that can, you know, right. um, but I, I want to be known as being approachable about this topic for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, I, again, I love talking about our journey. I just want to inspire as many people as I can um, to do this if, the, if this is what they feel obviously led to do. But if there's some inkling of fear holding them back from sure. uh, possibly adopting a child, I just want to be there to be like, no, like it, it's the best thing you could possibly <laughs> do. I promise right. you. And I will hold your hand emotionally and just do what I can to have another child in a loving environment because we all deserve that. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing your journey and thank you for being like, well, I don't know what order this is coming out in, but just for y'all to know, she's the first person that I have actually interviewed for this Yay. podcast. So she was my... <laughs> My first, uh, I, I want to call you a guinea pig, but this is a real deal. So I it's kind of like not a guinea pig. I know. And like you've been like the best person to interview because you're so forthcoming with sharing your journey. Thank you. And sharing the insights that you've learned. I'm happy um, to. If it can help and inspire others, for sure. For awesome. Sure. And I just like wish you so much luck with everything that you're doing through the blog and through you. your advocacy for adoption and for kindness in general. Thank and you. let's see if there's any... Are there any like parting words of wisdom that you would want to share? Like just as a parting thought, doesn't have to be too long, could be simple. Is there like a mantra that you live by in your life or something that keeps you focused hmm. on? Wow. Probably lots of them. Cause I mean, I always have this like internal dialogue or, you know, this narrative in my head, but what just comes to mind since we've touched on it so much with adoption is just, you know, if you are listening and you have teetered on the idea of adopting you and your spouse have talked about it 
you know, you get excited, but you let a little bit of moment, a little bit of fear hold you back. Just know it is so worth it. And it, you know, the time is now because we all have moments where we push things off, you know, oh, tomorrow, oh, tomorrow, oh, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But you can do it now. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 you just take it one step at a time. And it's just, you won't regret it. I promise. I promise. <laughs> well, thank you so much for You're sharing welcome. your journey and your insights. I'm so appreciative for you joining us on the podcast. I love you. And I'll oh. probably be having you back on because we've just touched Woo-hoo. on one little small slice of things. Yes, sounds good. But thank this you. was awesome. I'm so excited and I'm excited for you and I'm excited for the podcast and everything that's to come. Yay. Thank you so much. The music on the podcast is a song I fell in love with called We Are the Love We Give by Imaginary Future. It's available everywhere music is sold.